0: Hello and welcome to Kinder Helpline. I'm Siobhan Hunt and joining me as always is Chris Minogue, Mothercraft Nurse Extraordinaire. Wow. Yes, that's what I'm calling you, Chris. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Chris has over 30 years experience um, helping families um, with all kinds of children. It might be a baby, it might be a toddler and a baby, it might be a combination of all kinds of ages. And she's here to help you with whatever challenges you're having, by giving you some tips, ways of tweaking it. The best way to get in touch is to call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. Then you can speak directly to Chris and get her advice. We're also on Facebook Live, so if you're watching us there, you can pop your question underneath the video. Or during the week, a good idea is to email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. Let's get stuck into it with a question from Casey. She has a 15-week-old, which is eight weeks corrected. Yep. My daughter was sleeping in her bassinet at night, but having restless sleep, maybe two hours max each time. She sleeps fine in her cot, in her own room during the day. Yes. Because she was premmy, she is so used to kangaroo cuddles to get to sleep, and we find it really hard to settle her without her falling asleep on our chest. She has since regressed and will only sleep in bed with us of a night to get her extended sleep of five hours. Feed, five hours. She's, she's still happy to sleep in the cot in her own room of a day. In the last week, I've been putting a soft co- comforter in with her in the hopes that she will have something to be attached to during the night when we manage to get her back in her cot or bassinet. I do enjoy co-sleeping with her, but realise it has to end at some point, And I want to make sure the transition is as easy as possible so we can get some routine back. How do I settle her without letting her fall asleep in our arms and then get her
2: back in her
0: own bed? Bent.
2: I think Monchose. think in this one, Casey, you have to start with what are you doing in the day that does work. So because you because you keep saying through here that you can get her down in your cot in the day, and then mimic that behaviour at night, and give it a couple of nights to do it with consistency to get her, except being put in down in her cot at night. So that's the first step in breaking this. If she can do it for you in the day, she can do it for you at night. The kangaroo care that she got from the beginning, um, slowly I'm sure the girls would have been talking to you about putting her down in her bed and wrapping her up and all those things for those early babies. And now she's in development somewhere between 8 and 15 weeks old. So on average probably around the 12-week mark of development. So I think you've got to go with her strengths on this. And if you can get her down in the day, even if she sleeps for an hour and a half, and you start putting her down at night in the same way, and then repeated in cycles across the night, it's going to be the start to getting her to accept the cot at night. And I think what happens, like all parents, is as the night goes on, we get really, really tired, and we revert back to what we think will work easiest. So the co-sleeping is lovely, and for lots of people co-sleeping works, but you got to think of the message you're giving her. You're going to say to her in the cot, you have to go, oh sorry, in the day you have to go in the cot and at night you can co-sleep. And eventually the co-sleeping will win over the cot. So everything will start to fall apart. So let's just take what you do in the day, apply it at night and then start repeating it in cycles to get her to sleep better and better and more accepting of the cot at night.
0: Now Casey's um, just added that they've tried what they do at daytime at night but it hasn't worked and I guess what you're saying is that the re- repetition yeah the that's night. right so it might not work the, the first, first time it might
2: not even work the first day it has to be the repetition on that that's happening because somewhere along the line she gets a different message so either the only other thing is that maybe she's only sleeping really short periods in the day so therefore it looks like it's working and we try and extend it at night it doesn't doesn't work but actually in fact if you keep repeating it it should do it should work so a very basic version is you know putting her down even if you've cuddled her till she's calm put her down maybe put your hands on a rocker a little bit if she gets upset pick it back up give her that cuddle and put her back down and even set time frame say that you're going to for the next three nights do it between um when you put it down seven seven thirty and midnight and then give yourself three nights to just work on that one little patch and then extend it as the night moves on with your one feed in between. So generally, if it works for the day, it will work at night because it'd have to be a very strong baby that would know the difference between day and night. That 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 well that it just keeps complaining and complaining till it gets into bed with you so if we were speaking to you I'd be asking you about how do you put her into bed what are her cue signs in the day that we can then mimic again at night for her
0: all right well Casey maybe
2: try that out and um, if you have further questions yeah give us a call and us we'll call. see if we
0: can help you with that Brilliant. Um, so the next one comes from uh, somebody's written on Facebook, our nine-and-a-half-month-old has recently started childcare. Yep. She's picked up two bugs so far, croup and gastro. That's not fun. No. I've had to go back to feeding on demand to keep her hydrated and resorted to co-sleeping to get through a few of the tough nights. My question is, do routines go out the window when a baby is sick? Yeah. <laughs> so that's my experience. How do we manage these to get back to our normal routine?
2: Well, the first thing is babies are usually only sick for 24 to 48 hours. Gastro, and you got two good ones there, croup, croup and gastro. I mean, and they have about six viruses in the first six months of going to daycare, which any parent will tell you about. So the difficulty with croup is they cough a lot. And it usually does take about five days to get over. And the thing with gastro is it t- at least takes three days to get over. And I think this is where we go wrong is that three days is fine. And then yeah, then they have to be getting better because if they're not, they'd, they'd be, you know, back to the doctors and all those sorts of things. And it's really easy, I think, for it to blur into a behavior when you get one on top of the other. So the croup... That would have been about, you know, the doctor giving some sort of medication. She wouldn't necessarily, depending on how well she was feeding or whether she was coughing and feeding. So now that you're in that place where it's all gone a little bit pear-shaped, you're going to just undo it. So go back to thinking about what it was or what she was doing before she started with the croup and the gastro and start putting that back into place. So if she was sleeping all night and she's now well, you're going to try and help her to go back to sleeping all night. Usually in terms of them getting sick, I just modify what I'm doing. So if they'd been sleeping all night, I might need to cuddle them a little bit more and I might need to rock them at nine and a half months. I might give them drinks of water a little bit more. So I modify what I'm doing. I don't go so far backwards that it feels like they're newborn where, you know, you're suddenly breastfeeding them night and day. And the same with gastro. With the gastro, you know, after a couple of days, you're starting to put food back into their diet, um, depending on how bad it was, whether it was vomiting or just the diarrhea part of it. So after a few days, you've got to start pulling back to what you do. So you modify, you don't go completely backwards okay if they're that sick they usually end up in hospital and then as they're getting well again you're you're discharged home so we'd start to put that behavior back into it again it's a really tough one because it's a really emotional part of parenting when your child mm-hmm. is sick
0: and that's and i know that with my kids when
2: when that question was asked do do
0: routines go out the window for me whenever they were sick they were always as you know in bed with me and Always hmm. we went backwards, but yeah. then I'm, I'm not sure that I, w- I wouldn't have done it
2: any differently because they needed me. They wanted to be yeah, close to me. Is other children, they never want to come near you. <laughs> they're sick, they throw up, they want to go back in their bed again. So I think it's a really individual thing, but think of it as if you go that far back, you've got to move that far forward and, and, and they're not sick for a week or two weeks unless, unfortunately, they get six viruses in a row. I go to but you're only going to have the two. That's um, <laughs> Ali, I'm, I believe, on Facebook.
0: Um, Ali, the other thing that I've heard Chris say many, many times is that if they were um, good before they got sick, so you can get back there. So I've just noticed she's mentioned she hasn't yeah. been sleeping all night. So we've taken lots of step back. And your point, Chris, is yeah. to go back to what you were doing that
2: was Working. McCain. And then and build it up, there. yeah, and then build it back up again. Yeah. So, but you got it in your head. So, see how it says the croup was about five days and the gastro was about two to three, which is about the length of those those illnesses. Is now go okay? Now that you're better, we're going to creep it back to where it was before, and and it will turn around. She's nine and a half months. She's just louder. She's just very loud at nine and a half months. So lots of comfort popping her back down and I'm sure it will break it and it starts to feel like it's coming back.
1: You're listening to Kindly Conversation. Kindling Conversation.
0: This is a question from Beth. Yep. She's got a very fiery, emotional little four-year-old daughter and a so far fairly laid-back eight-month-old daughter. Good combination. <laughs> I'm I'm really struggling at the moment with our four-year-old. When she's in a good mood, she's the most delightful, imaginative and animated little girl. But when she's upset, which is dozens of times per day at the moment, mm-hmm. she yells, screams, kicks hits, squeezes, pinches and punches us. Wow. She's quite physical and it hurts. She's very physically affectionate during the good times but also very physically violent during the stressful times. We only have so much patience to deal with these meltdowns and we're often tired from waking a few times a night and settling both girls back to sleep if they've had a restless night. Can you please help with some techniques to deal with this sort of behaviour? These are some things she tries. I often try to keep a level head and say things like, I know you're upset, but I can't let you hit me. It makes me sad. Ooh, to good. which she'll just squeal louder or yells, you're not my best friend anymore. I think she knows she's hurting me, but she also can't control or manage her tumultuous feelings. She has quite had quite a lot of change in her life this year, which I think has made these tendencies worse. The arrival of her little sister last Christmas and a recent temporary move from Sydney to Melbourne. It was only for four months. Have meant her world has changed a lot. I'm at home with her and her sister full time. She was in preschool two days a week in Sydney and will go back to the same preschool next year when we return home. But at the moment, I thought it'd be too much change for her to start somewhere new for just a short period of time. I would love any encouragement and advice you can give. It's so hard, just lost that, it's so hard having the little person you love so much hurt you constantly multiple times each day and finding it so hard to know how to help them. Oh, that
2: is hard, isn't it? It is. It is hard, and I think you I think Beth the, the first thing is you you've summed this up completely. You know, four-year-olds are either incredibly loving, or incredibly full-on, and then she's dealing with this move. I think it's the move from Sydney to Melbourne and the lack of daycare or preschool that she was going to. That's a bigger problem, not her sister. That was eight months ago. Her sister hasn't gone anywhere. And her sister's laid back, you know, as, as babies are laid back. So I think it's more the inconsistency. She was in one place, then she's in another place. She had predictability of preschool. She had the structure of preschool. I think the thing of preschools, it helps them to navigate their emotions. It gives them boundaries around their emotion so they can test it out in the big wide world and I think she's testing it out all on you and that's just really overwhelming and especially as all the things she's doing are physical, So she's not just having a meltdown and having a bit of a, you know, kick on the floor over there, which you could sort of walk away and ignore. She's actually coming for you. And I think that that's really difficult. You're addressing it right in that you're saying, you know, when you hit mummy, that makes me sad. That's giving her the emotive part behind it. But she's having these little explosions for some reason. So is there any chance she could go to a little preschool or a little occasional care while you're in Melbourne? And I know each state does it differently so I don't know if that's available down there in Melbourne.
0: Maybe a playgroup? Yeah, a playgroup where you can stand
2: back a little bit. Um, The thing about playgroups is the child can come back to you for reassurance, so they're not really testing it in their own boundaries. But I think in the sense of the physical part of it, I think you have to do something about that, whether it's time out, whether you sit down later. So one of the things I would do, if she was physical to me, I tell her that it's it's hurtful, don't hit, don't pinch, we don't do that in our family, all those sort of things that everyone knows to talk about. Then I'd time them out a little bit because they need to calm down as much as you have to calm down. This doesn't have to be done in anger. She just needs a quiet space that she can just take some time to calm down. And And lots of people describe that as time out. Could be a chair, could be a bed, could be just a quiet space. You might even need to stand by her for a few minutes. I'd probably give her a minute for every year she is, so about four minutes. So make it really simple. And then later on when she's actually really calm and quiet and maybe as you read her story at night is go back and readdress what happened in the day. So, you know, it makes mummy really sad when you hit her. It makes, you know, daddy and mummy or, you know, grandma and it it, it really makes us very sad. And and then think about where all of that behaviour is coming from and I suspect it has been changed and she's dealing with that change. And, you know, maybe if she can go back to doing a little bit of care where she's got her friends or conform friendships, it might just help all this settle down. It can be as easy as that and it can be as complicated as, you know, what might be going on for her. But I think you're doing the right thing. And the only reason to give her the time out is to allow her to calm down, you know, get her, give her a little bit of space and see if that might help. She's also not sleeping well at night, and that could be a big complicating part of it. So maybe Mm. addressing why she's not sleeping at night could also help her be much, much calmer in the day.
0: Well, Beth, you can always call us um, on
2: 1800 Kids
0: Radio. This is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation, where we take your questions and Chris will help tweak what's ever going on with your family, whatever's going on with your family and help you adjust because we all know that children at every age can be challenging at different times. Um, We do have a call um, next up. Um, We have, I think it is Fiona on the phone. She has a seven-month-old. Hi, Fiona. How are you?
1: Good, how are you? That's good. Tell us what's going on. Sure. So I've got actually a nine-month old. He's nine months. And I'm just having a few issues, Chris, with him taking his bottle at at lunchtime and at night time. Yep. So he's on three solids a day with a snack at about 10-ish, 10.30. And then bottle-fed sort of morning, afternoon and And night and evening. But he just seems to just be disinterested. Um, yeah, disinterested like wants something in his hand and has to get up like so you know he's lying oh, so down he's on distracted. me. distracted. Yeah, I, I, even if I don't give him that something he'll he'll still get up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not it's sort of by kind of giving him something just to keep yeah. him interested in the milk, but yep. um like, oh, how much milk
2: are you giving it and what time frame in relation to the meal are
1: you giving Yeah, it? sure. So morning is the first time for Yep. Thing when he wakes up, and he probably takes about 130 there, which I'm kind of, sort of okay. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Lunchtime, we sort of have lunch at around between 12 and 12:30, and then yeah. I give him his bottle. If it's 12, I give it at one ish. If it's 12:30, I'll give it at one thirty. Yeah. And how and much then I go to do you bed. offer him? I always offer him a full bottle, so 240 uh-huh. or 230. But he doesn't like. He's very. He'll probably take, you know, more one. Thirty to one eighty, if I'm lucky. Yeah, so I would give him one fifty to one eighty. Okay, so and that then might then, help. Yep. Yeah. And then the dinner time one, yeah. we sort of have dinner at five. Yeah. And then he'll have um, his milk at about between six and six thirty. Ah, too early. So okay. this
2: is probably a timing. What time do you um, when you give him lunch? How much yep. lunch does he eat?
1: Oh, he has a good. He's a big boy, so he, he
2: nine months. A good but he's lunch. A,
1: yeah, he's a big boy, so he. Um, <laughs> He probably takes, I'm probably giving him
2: about five tablespoons. Oh, yeah, you're just giving him too much. That's okay, all. right, I thought so. <laughs> okay, right. So I'd mm. move his lunch just a little bit earlier yep. and maybe halve the lunch and give him a little bit more finger food so he can navigate how much he wants to eat. So, right. you know, you might give him two tablespoons of mashed avocado and something Yep. And then maybe give him some foods that he can navigate with his hand and bring to his mouth because then he can regulate. So if he likes it, then he can manage it. He can have a bit more, like cucumber yep. sticks and capsicum sticks and, you know, even fingers of toast at nine and a half months sitting up in the chair. Yep. So let him navigate. Pull that back and okay. pull it pull lunch just fraction early until we get this going right for him. So maybe okay. feeding him more quarter to 12 till 12 o'clock in that All window right. there. Yep. And then I think if he takes anywhere around 150 to 180 in that lunchtime <laughs> bottle, you're doing fine. Okay, okay? great. <laughs> so then the same in the evening. How much do you feed him in the evening?
1: So he has about the same. He probably has, you know, a good, you know, four or five tablespoons tablespoons, yeah yeah so four or five
2: tablespoons of food at night is about right and the timing seemed right but let's either just bring it back a little bit and give him some finger food like they really like um
1: any finger food in their hands does he have teeth um he's just got two little front ones at the moment and the top ones are just about like, one sort of come out and the other one's on its way. Okay, so he's nearly at about four. So yeah. having a look at all those different finger foods, like um,
2: some nice roasted veggies that he can pick up and eat in his hand, like the little baby carrots, they really like picking those oh, up. yeah, that's a good idea. Corn on the cob, they really like. Some um, broccoli, yeah. they really like um, picking them up. Steaming some veggies there. Even if he had a little lamb cutlet and you might have cut most of the meat off to put in his veggies, leave a little bit of meat on the bone, he'll chew that. Oh, okay. So just decreasing that a little bit his mm-hmm. bottle in the evening can be anywhere between 180 and 240 depending okay. on the baby. So yep. And and then check your teat sizes so have you moved his
1: teat sizes recently? So his teat size is on the, the biggest one. The I largest. Can, the largest yeah he's yep. been on that for a while it's like a Y shape the Y teat so he can uh, regulate how much he
2: Yes yeah, so change him off the Y and move oh, him okay. to the actual large teat
1: Oh, okay. Moving because the bigger, if he's the
2: disinterested, okay. he won't get enough. Whereas oh, on, the, yeah. on the actual large, it'll keep flowing and that'll help him to, he can regulate it with his tongue. So try okay. the
1: actual large teeth. Cool. I'll try that lunchtime today. Now. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you so much. I just want to say thanks so much for all your advice too. You've uh, been fantastic. It's a pleasure. So no thank problem. You. Thank you so much. Bye, bye, bye Fiona. Bye. bye.
0: This is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue from on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt, and if you'd like to ask Chris a question, there's a number of ways you can do it. You can call, like Fiona just did, on 1800 Kids Radio. You can pop a question below the Facebook Live if you're watching us on Facebook, or throughout the week, people often like to email. It's conversation at kindling.com.au. Our next question comes from Vanessa, who has an almost three-year-old. Still waking multiple times through the night. I've got to say, this is completely how I was, Vanessa, when I had my my second. Anyway, here we go. I'm seven months pregnant and nervous about having the sleepless nights again. Oh, isn't that a horrible feeling? But even more so with a toddler who still isn't sleeping through. She wakes wakes at least twice a night, crying out for me, but my husband goes into her. I hold over from when we night weaned and also to support me in pregnancy. He settles down next to her and lays by her for a while. while. She's very loud when she wakes, crying and shouting out for me, but she has been loud since she was born. My husband was away for a month recently, and within a couple of days, she was sleeping through the night. Oh, okay. But wait. (laughs) Since he's been home, she's gone back to waking again. (laughs) We make sure the temperature is just right, give her a sip of water, change her nappy if it's heavy, and then pat her to sleep. I usually Uh, cuddled her for a bit and then left when she was still awake, but I think my husband falls asleep next to her and leaves when she's asleep. Yes, it's very hard not to fall asleep. Could this be the problem? Yep. Her bedtime routine is always the same. From bath time at 6.30 to lights out at 7.30, I always dim the lights, read books, she has a small bottle of milk, and then we turn out the lights and one of us will read her a story uh, read a story about her and a pony. But when dad is home, we're both in her room until the last story and she does seem to muck around a bit more and get excited. Mm. I think that might contribute, but then she gets upset and goes to find the other parent if one of us isn't there. Oh, no. I really don't want to have to get up to her since I'm not sleeping well myself at the moment, but I can't tell why she's fine for me, but not for my husband. Really? she's bright. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm really worried about juggling all this and a newborn.
0: How can we get her to sleep through
2: the night? Uh, this is a simple one. Dad's doing something completely different to what mum did. Okay. So I think if we get mum and dad on the same page and we're a united force, I think we can get her to settle down fairly easy. So hopefully, which this doesn't tell us, is whether she has a sleep in the day. So that's the only bit that we haven't got in this because if she's having a sleep in the day that's probably adding to her ability to wake but it sounds like she's been doing this for a while anyway. So if she's having a sleep in the day and she's at the age of three I'd probably, depending on how much she has, I would probably um, start to wean that back to see if it had an influence on what she was doing at night. From If she wakes in, uh, sorry, if she sleeps in the day, she needs five to five and a half hours before putting down to bed at night. So I think the easiest thing is that maybe that needs to be weaned down if that was the case. If she has given up her day sleep altogether, then I'd be putting her down around seven o'clock. And then it's about the united force that you and your husband sit down and decide what behaviors you want to keep and what you want to fix. And she's three and a half. So it's time to, um, you know, get her to sleep a little bit better for you. She's almost three. Oh, so she's almost three. Mm. So I think it's just the two of you have been doing different things. The only thing that could be waking her, though, is you said here that when you were doing it, you had to change her nappy. And it could be that her nappy's too full and that's what's waking her because she's getting a small bottle at the end of the day and sips of water overnight. So maybe um, we can change that small bottle to a drink in a cup and then she hasn't got that really defined amount that she's drinking. You'd want to make that change sooner rather than later because there's a baby coming along and they often revert. So I would say that at that age I'd be given a drink with dinner around 5, 5.30 or 6, wherever she has it, and then a drink before she goes to bed. And then trying to reduce the drinks because you're having to change her nappy. So it could be that her nappy's really full that's instigating some of these wake-ups. Not all of them, but some of them. But it's certainly something that I would be looking at. Then I'd be looking at you both doing the same thing and we have to get her ready for the fact that if you're feeding, you won't be in the room to put the to put her to sleep you know it'll just be her or dad and I can see how this would get worse because she'd be saying well I'm waiting till mum finishes before before I'm going to bed so let's muddle it around let's um, give her new rules about going to bed so writing the rules out three roles love rules um, I would do that I'd get her to listen which we've been using lately is the Bedtime Explorers meditation for children. Something she's just listening to so you're not having to stay there for as long. Now you can get them for free on the Kindling app or
0: you can (laughs) download
2: them wherever you get your podcasts. And they work. (laughs) Um, So something she's listening to allowing you two to come out of the room and then just gentle reassurance explaining to your husband what you did when he was away that fixed it and um, then Mimicking the same behavior, and there's nothing wrong with going to the door, you know, of her room at night when she calls out, give her a little cuddle, tell her it's time to sleep, and walk out again. And then, you know, the next time, only go to the door and say you need to put your head down and shut your eyes. So, there's a little bit of this that comes into it, but I think there's a few tick points we've got to check off first, you know. So, have a look at the sleep in the day, reduce that bottle, get rid of the bottle if you can down to drinks so that her nappy's not waking her and then the two of you being on the same page and i think this will rectify itself really quickly good luck you can do it in a weekend
0: (laughs) well if um and remember When the baby comes, feel free to call again and have a chat. That's right. We have time for one more question. This comes from Jane, who has a 10 and a half month old. I've been planning to wean my daughter from breast milk in approximately six weeks time when she's 12 months and I return to work. She currently has three feeds a day. Mm -hmm. I've been assuming that we could switch to cow's milk at age one, but I've noticed there are formulas marketed for toddlers. Ah. Are such formulas a better option than cow's milk at age one? Or would you advise that I pump so that she can continue to have breast milk?
2: Wow. It's a very different question. You are absolutely right. At the age of one, she can go straight on to cow's milk. as She doesn't need a toddler formula. Um, we could go into a whole does she doesn't she but generally speaking she doesn't need a toddler formula. We give her cow's milk and you can also wean her straight onto a cup so you don't have to worry about bottles. As you're getting closer to the 12 months of weaning I would just instead of giving her breastfeed at lunchtime I'd give her a cup of milk and read her a story and then pop her down and that will wean that first one down for you. Then the second one that's the easiest to wean off is the morning one. So she gets up, she has breakfast with daddy, she has a drink of milk. um, And then that sort of just helps her to wean off that second one. And then the last one, which is the hardest one, is the evening one, that six o'clock one. Now that six o'clock one, you and her might mutually do for a little while until you're ready to give it up. But again, doing the same thing that she's had her you know dinner she's had a bath and then while she's having a drink uh, sorry while she's having a story she has a little drink of milk not replaced by a bottle of milk so lots of people just fill up a sippy cup with milk which is just Filling it up as if it was a bottle, but just giving her a drink of milk. So I don't know, about 50 or 60 mils, not 150 or 60 mils and see if that works. So you can quite easily wean her off onto cow's milk um, and then just give it in a cup and she'll do perfectly well from that point. So no need for a toddler formula at one. There you go. Well, thank you so much, everyone,
0: for your questions. That's all we have time for on Kindling Helpline today. Chris, as always, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. You can get in touch with your questions during the week by emailing us at kindling. conversation at kindling.com.au what a mouthful I do that normally most (laughs) weeks it's conversation at kindling.com.au and don't forget that all of Chris's advice from Kindling Helpline is available for free on the Kindling app and under stuff for grown-ups
1: you've been listening to Kindling Conversation if you enjoyed it there's plenty more where that came from